You pulled the terrible date move in real life. He dipped out. Did you see Joe flirted it away in his mint green Prius? Dude. Dude. I will never get over that. Ever. Welcome to the Art of Knocking podcast. I am one of your hosts, Joe Badia, a.k.a. Scarecrow. And to my left is the other host, Adam Campbell, a.k.a. Rip Wheeler. Rip Wheeler. From Dutton Ranch. Okay, I have questions. And then also we have our producer, Dom (laughs) Falari, a.k.a. The judge. A.K.A. The judge. All right. All right. Welcome. Welcome. How is everyone? I don't answer questions. Is that, is that what, is that no, what I'm you do? I'm doing great. Oh, okay. <laughs> I just felt cool for one second. It's like these, these awesome. pleather gloves really make me feel in character I for like Rip it. Wheeler. I'm just the Philly version of Rip Wheeler because I couldn't fit a cowboy hat with my headphones. Okay. So I just... I'll just wear the Eagles hat because I'm like scared. You like you look like like really mean and tough. Uh, he's a pretty tough guy in the yeah. in the show, but he's also got a soft spot for the owner of the ranch's daughter, Beth uh. Beth Dutton. Um, so she's a lunatic. Okay. Uh, so if anybody's seen Yellowstone, congratulations on watching a great show. There we go. And if you haven't, Joe, you should watch it. No. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I'll think about it. <laughs> I'll well, think about it. But um, I, I'm, I'm Scarecrow, dude. I'm Scarecrow. Why though? I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. Is Halloween coming? Joey B's got hay coming out of his boots and his <laughs> arms, and he's it's, got his hood it's on. It's literally everywhere. <laughs> it's like a little itchy too. TMI, TMI. But um. Welcome to the podcast again. (laughs) So today we're going to talk about uh, some common mistakes uh, on both the lead gen side and sales side. Um, So I think um, what an interesting topic. I know. Right. Because we I mean we like to always talk about solutions and, and, yeah. you know, and hopefully the, the training and the shadowing and the meetings kind of address that. Um, but, uh, I think highlighting some of the key like pitfalls, um, is really important. Um, and I think one of them is probably just trying to reinvent the wheel. I agree with that a hundred percent trying to just, okay. I, I totally see what everyone has been successful doing in the clear path, but let me try to do something completely different. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's okay to a certain point, but like maybe getting the actual path, like down pat first would make more sense. Yeah. Do you agree, Adam? I agree a hundred percent. So whenever I've coached, lead generation teams door to door, I usually always tell them, Hey, we're going to give you every word track that we have, right? Here's our initial script. Here's our button up. Here's how we collect information from the customer. Um, Here's the six most common objections that we get and here's how we overcome them. So we literally give them the play by play. And I know that over time people are going to want to give their own flavor, which is totally cool. But one of like 
my almost non-negotiables is that they stick to the bare bones system for 30 days. And if they stick to the bare bones system 30 days, usually they see some pretty quick success. Um, and then over time, naturally, they're going to kind of put their own spin on things. And, you know, people in orientation used to ask and still do, um, hey, can we like take words out, add words in? I'm like, why? <laughs> why? I've been working on this for this psycho- the psychological factors of selling for 11, 11 years. 11 years. 11 years. And it's like, I've got <laughs> it to a really good place, I think. It um, definitely works. So that's like the selfish. Well, can I try something new? That's the selfish <laughs> side of it for me is like, this is like my life's work, right? Yeah. For, for lead generation pitching. Um, but I understand where they come from because some of the things seem rhetorical. Some of the words are used over and over again. Um, but it's all by design. And it usually happens when I hand them the pitch and tell them to read through it just to get familiar before we like do a deep dive into the psychology. And then once we explain the psychology behind it and like why the stuff is placed where it is, they're usually understanding of that, but they'll still always want to, you know, do their own thing sooner. And what I've seen is that that's just one of the big pitfalls is people come into an entry level role where they've got no sales or marketing experience. They've got no solar experience, whatever, whatever product it is, it didn't even matter. Um, and they try to do things their way and they're like, dude, I can't figure it out. I'm like, well, <laughs> read the script, mm-hmm. read the script, script at a previous company. I feel like I might've told this story before we had a, a lead gen rep that was in long Island and he did not memorize his pitch through the three day orientation that we had held. And there was something about him that made me want to keep him on, even though he didn't follow what we needed him to do through <laughs> orientation. So I gave him a shot. There was just something about this kid. What was it? Uh, I don't know. And still don't know, uh, to be honest you with you. Him. I just could tell that he would be really, really good. Okay. Um, there was just something about how he carried himself and I guess like his natural energy. Um, but he did not know the script. And I said, dude, dog, like, I don't care you're still going to the field on Thursday. <laughs> you're by yourself on Thursday. You've, your training is done. You didn't deliver what I needed to you. Uh, I didn't, what I needed you to do. So no, like you're going through it. You're going right into the, right into the field, sink or swim on Thursday. Um, and he talked, he called me on Friday um, after his first day in the field. He said, yeah, I did four. I said, that's awesome. How'd you do that? And he was like, well, I walked around with the script and read it right off of my paper at the door. <laughs> Generated four leads with a, with a script, reading it in front. I said, homeowners didn't say anything. And I, all I said was, hey, I'm sorry. It's my first day and I'm really nervous. Uh, and these are the lines that I'm supposed to say. Four <laughs> that's, leads. That's and if, you've so ever, if you've ever knocked a door in Long Island. Yeah, people have like at least three seconds. That's it. That, that's all it. they have is three seconds to saying, give like, you. And then they're like, so they're all set. <laughs> my gut instinct was right. There was something about this kid that um, once he used the script that he would he would do well. Um, and I see it time and time again where people try to reinvent the wheel just from the beginning and then they struggle. Wow. What about you? Yeah. I mean, I, I'd say that it's a pretty, you know, it's pretty similar as well in, in sales. Like, um, you know, we can get leads from obviously the company supplies them in, as a lead consultant role, but we can get creative and we can start doing mailers and we can start, um, we can start putting out signs. We can start, um, you know, d- 
buying ads online and, and all of these things. Um, and that's totally fine. Uh, once you get the process down, right. If, if you, if you feel confident in actually taking people through the journey and, and actually helping them go solar and you feel very comfortable and confident in that, and you feel like you, you you're, you have a good handle on it by all means, explore that option. Um, but if you're doing it too prematurely and you're just trying to literally like, we don't, we don't coach and train on that because it's not the fundamentals. It's more like advanced. Um, but cool. You know, that's no, no problem if you have the actual flow down. Uh, but if you're doing that from the rip, um, you actually might be increasing your, your chances of being discouraged and frustrated because you're now you're actually paying money and not seeing success at the same time, which would be very difficult to, to bear. Um, it's like, you can only fight one dragon at a time. Uh, so two dragons might be a little, might be a little rough. Um, and that actually leads us, um, to the next, um, which is, um, one of the other common mistakes is that people think they're going to see success really soon, like instantly, instantly. Sure. Um, and I think it is different for, um, both of the divisions, right? So I think, um, it's a little bit of a longer, uh, cycle in sales as it is to um, lead gen. Uh, You agree, right? 100%. So lead gen, I mean, taking, taking someone from, from having no experience in solar, no experience in sales, no experience in door to door and turning them into like a proficient rep. Like how long do you think that would normally take? For like in-home closing? No, for lead gen. Uh, I always tell people give themselves six weeks. Um, at the end of the six weeks, you'll know, there's, there'll be, you'll know a couple things. Um, you'll know a lot about yourself. Um, but importantly enough, if you do the things that we say are good ideas, you'll know at the end of six weeks, because you'll probably progress through an entry level position into a captain's position where you're already starting to take on responsibility of teaching and training other people. Um, or you're going to know that direct marketing is just not for you, Mm. but it's one of those things that we talk about all the time. If you're not doing due diligence and turning over every stone and doing everything that you possibly can, then who's to say that that six weeks mark is enough. But if you are giving it a hundred percent, you'll have it figured out in, yeah. in six weeks or less. I think you hit on something clutch. Cause sometimes like in, in uh, sales, we say six months, yeah. like give yourself minimum, like I'd say three to six months to sure. start seeing success at it. And sometimes uh, what people, and, and, as a, as a beginning rep myself, I, you know, I, I heard similar and I'm like, okay, I just need to like, I just need to wait it out. But what, what is not talked about is like, yeah, that's if you're giving it like you're all, you're yeah. actually committed, mm-hmm. you're actually dedicated a hundred percent. And then it's going to take you like three to six months. And for me, I was an incredibly slow learner. It took me like a year and a half. Yeah. Um, but it's like, well, listen, when it clicks, it will all make sense. Like it will all be worth it. So the journey is a little bit longer um, in sales. Well, um, you have a way longer sales cycle to manage, right? With a solar deal from start to finish depending on your market and you know where you're at and your installer and who that is yeah three months right you got 90 days to to nurture a client versus lead generation it's a three to seven minute conversation and you hope that you can leave a lasting impact for 48 to 72 hours right so um i forget what i was going to say prior to that but it was good um or yeah, with lead gen, like I was saying, you know, it's, it's a much shorter sales cycle. So I can have people 
in the field generating accounts literally day two, right? They don't need to know much. They just, it's the scripting, you know, and, and I'm a firm believer that not everybody is a natural born salesperson. I was definitely not one of those. Respect, so, that's, same. so that's probably <laughs> why I coach the way that I do. Um, yeah. But I was, when I first started 11 years ago, I remember being extremely uncomfortable after I would give my initial pitch, homeowner would give resistance. I would overcome that. And, but it felt very weird for me to hit them with that second close, mm-hmm. you know, asking for the close again. Mm-hmm. So I would just give my objection and then I would stand there like, <laughs> did that work? Did that work? And it never works when you just leave it open-ended. So having multiple different closes is, is obviously beneficial, right? You hear the ABC always be closing, but whatever. Um, for me, I have a different take on it because I want to create a better experience for our customers and I want to create a better experience for our representatives and not everybody is comfortable delivering tactics like that. So my theory behind it is when something is created for you, you have to, you have to stick to the system because you don't know what you don't know, right? When you first start, you have no idea what you don't know and you get there by a figuring it out or B asking enough questions. Fact of the matter is new people don't ask questions. Most of the time they're just, Hey, this is what it is. And I'll try to do my own thing. But when you have a, a, a word track or scripting that understands psychology so well and what moves people, it's never really a, sure the words are important because they'll get you the next five seconds that you need, but it's more about tone, tempo, and body language. That's what controls the conversation. And if you can master those things, it doesn't take long to master the simple things that we talk about. You're at, you're at best of the industry status with the things that we teach. Eight weeks. Eight weeks, eight accounts a day. That's awesome. Did not asking enough questions make it on our list? Because if not, uh, that's absolutely hang, a big hang mistake. On. Hang, oh, hang on. Hang on. Oh, oh, you guys, you guys. That's actually oh a great gosh. point. Um, that's actually a great, yeah. great point. And before we jump to the next one, um, so yeah, it, it's it. You have to give yourself enough space, right? So it's patience. Mm-hmm. It's patience. It's something. It's so hard. I remember to what I was going to say. That. Okay, I remember what right. I was going to say. So thank you for running through patience. The patience. I'm just part patient of it. with that, you. That's that, it. Yeah, please be, because my <laughs> mind. <laughs> well, I don't have a mind because I'm a scarecrow. So <laughs> this is all you today, Adam. Uh, per, rip. rip. <laughs> Rip, rip. That's what I said. Um, no, what I was going to say is I honestly take a lot of accountability because I know what the industry can do. So when we start somebody <clears throat> or whenever I've started somebody, and I shouldn't say whenever because I really didn't care in the beginning, uh, but I've grown to care about humans, uh, which is a crazy, crazy feeling. Um, <laughs> when, I, when I coach people, when I onboard and offer a position to somebody now, I take that extremely serious, mm-hmm. right? Because these people have people that love them. It's their livelihood. They have people that care about them. Depend on them. Yes, 100% rely on them. So I can't take that with a grain of salt. So when we talk about somebody's like initial shelf life, that six week or six month period, uh, it comes down to proper expectations being set from whoever the leader is. Mm. If you're not setting proper expectations and you're one of those expletive words in the industry that sells people the dream, you're an asshole. Yeah. You're actually, you're actually hurting, you're actually <laughs> well, you're hurting an people. You, and yeah. you're, you're giving the industry that used car salesman name and our job is already difficult enough. And I tell people, tell people this straight up. Look, I feel like you're a good fit. I need you to know coming into this, that this is going to be the most challenging thing you've ever done in your life. 
mentally, mentally. And here's why. And you lay it out. Yeah. If you can make it six weeks, you can make it six years. If you can make it six years, you can retire after a couple more years. But (laughs) if you make it six years in the game, you can retire in the game. Yeah. You'll be a master. You'll be a leader a hundred percent. So yeah, that's what it is like. And uh, when people check out early in sales, it's like the most painful thing in the world. for You didn't even give yourself a fair shot. It's like, and I take, I take majority of the blame when that happens. Yeah. You have to, you're the one that's giving them the guidance. And if they don't see clear vision because they don't know what to look for, you messed up. Yeah. I I take that on the chin because they're going to go back to some regular ass nine to five and they're going to sit in a cubicle. And at the end of their, at the end of their, their tenure with that company, they're going to throw them a pizza party and give them a gold watch. Maybe it's crazy. Yeah. That's real life. That's the real world, the real world out there. And it's nuts. Mm -hmm. So I think setting proper expectations for what that journey looks like, super important from the people that are leading teams. Awesome. That actually goes once again, right align with the next one, which is um, setting extremely clear goals. Rip, you're, you're on it. Yes. You're on it. um, Door to door is a funny game. Um, It'll either be the best experience of your life or the worst experience of your life. And sometimes both. Well, in order for it to be the best, you're going to have to go through some shitty moments. It's the micro, right? right? It's the micro. We'll get, well, anyways. Yeah. Um, We'll get there. (laughs) I see a lot and I spent probably the first two years of my career so far not having clear goals. I said I did, but they actually didn't mean anything to me. And I thought it was just cool to say to, that you had cool goals. That was the biggest mistake I've ever made. And that's probably why I led from a very selfish way my first two years in business because mm-hmm. I didn't care. The only thing I cared about was making money, having nice watches, having cool wallets, having a decent car. Um, but I was living in mom and dad's basement and I had like a 65 inch brand new TV. I had a $2,000 new mattress. It was like all this dumb shit. Like it was just materialistic stuff. Um, But then my goals got very specific when, as I started to mature, you were young. I was so young. I was 19 when I started. So uh, at 20, at 21, I forget. Lauren would kill me, but I forget when, what year we got engaged. But I think I was 21. <laughs> okay. Um, and that's when kind of life started to settle in for me. Got real. Uh, yeah, real it got quick. real. And, um, you know, I was working 80 hours a week with no goals, which was already detrimental to my personal life, my mental health, yeah. and whatever. Um, <clears throat> but then it started, I started to realize that like, hey, I'm going to have to buy a house after that house comes a family. And after the first one comes another one. And then dude, once it, once I got my head out of my rear end and got my ducks in a row, it all happened really, really quick. And then life got exponentially better. And then weird stuff happened along the journey, right? You have, you go forward, you get set back, but it all comes down to, and honestly, long-term goal setting is an extremely hard skill to train. Yeah. You have to spend time with it, it's right? Hard. So um, I recently did quarterly one-on-ones with everyone. Okay. And the first question was like, what are you really after in life? And it's like, nobody knows. Oh God. Most I mean, people to, don't know. and I told everyone, I was like, listen, I don't even want to know the answer to yeah. this question. Don't tell me, yep. right. Just think about it over the next quarter. Yep. Like, cause it will take you that it long. It might take longer <laughs> to get an idea. It might take that long. Yeah. Because, number so, one, they get, you know, hate leads a day. <laughs> 
Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. They don't have time to think Thanks, about buddy. goals. They don't have time to I'll think about nine. goals when they're in the house. I'll take nine. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's something that you really have to think about. And that, that end goal always changes as you mature, as you develop, as you get older, those things change a lot of the time. But getting very specific, specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and then a time frame, right? Smart goals. Um, breaking them up into short term, midterm, long term. You've got to know exactly what you want to get out of it for the same reasons that you talked about, I think, last episode. If you have a strong enough why, you'll suffer anyhow. Yeah. And if you're very specific with your goals, you'll go through anything if those goals mean something to you. Yep. Cannot be overstated. Yep. Do they learn about those those goal setting techniques in the AOK training by by any chance? Oh, I believe they do. <laughs> oh, I believe they learn it. I believe, I believe so. they learn it. Shout out! Shout out! Shout out! I love AOK. it. Um, I'm a B A O A O A O K. Watch the video. Oh, oh no! Oh my gosh! What was that? Oh my gosh! What oh is that? Oh my gosh! That is the horror story segment. Oh no! Oh. And I want to. We heard Adams last week. Dog bite. Yep. So yeah. I want to hear Joey B's <laughs> horror story. One of them, because I okay. hope you have a couple, but let's hear one yeah. right now. I Yeah. So um, this was up in North Jersey. Um, this is like, I've, I've been in, I don't know. I want to say like 3000 homes. I don't Ooh. know. I'm just throwing out a number. I don't know if that's actually true, that's a lot of houses. but I've never actually been scared of my life until this one house that I, I think it was Haskell, New Jersey. I think that's the name of the, it was like some random small place in, in North Jersey and, um, right off the rip. Um, rip you Wheeler? Know, no, oh. no, no. Uh, so went up, whatever, you know, knocked on the door, guy comes out, I go to shake his hand and, um, he, he had doesn't like, have one. he had, he had like a, like a hoodie on. So it was like hard to yeah. like whatever. And I went out and he had like half of an arm. It was like a, like a baby arm. Yeah. And I was, and it, like it, it weirded me out because it was just, it was shocking. It was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. it was like a surprise and it was totally like fine for him. And I just had to make it like fine for me too. I was like, yeah, Hey, yeah. like nice to meet you. And I'm like, all right, cool, whatever. Right. And like, and then we go into the house, we sit down, we break down the bill. And then immediately I'm like, it's something smells really, really, really <sighs> bad. Like, Dude. Awfully, houses are the, awfully are bad. The and then like, I'm hearing all this noise in the side room. And then there's Wait, what like, did it smell like, explain the smell to me, dude. I don't know. I don't know what, what it smelled. It smelled like, like rotting, like flesh, something. Oh. I don't know. So there was all these cages on the side of the house, like on the side, it was like, I think it was in like the living room and all of the cages had dogs in them. They were like stacked on top of each other with like a, like a cloth, like semi over them. And it was really, really bizarre. And I was like, okay, this is weird. Like the it smell, like the smell was the worst thing for me. And then like, um, the wife comes out and literally like half of her face is like missing, like, like deformed, like, like, Whoa. I don't know, like Phantom of the Opera yeah, stuff. Yeah. And then like, I'm like, all right, listen, these, are all signs to me that something's weird but like it was actually the smell that got to me the yeah, most yeah. and I was like I'm literally like fighting like I want to throw up like it's that bad it's that pungent oh. and then I'm literally just going through my whole process and I'm just like dude I, I need an academy award for how well I'm holding yeah, yeah. this together right now <laughs> like nothing 
nothing is bothering me whatsoever. And then I get, uh, and then I literally go through the whole presentation. I'm there for like 45 minutes. I'm like, all right, cool. So I'm going through the disqualifiers. I get to the breaker box and then he's like, yeah, it's downstairs or whatever. And it's like in the most like dungeony like Mm. thing. And I'm like, immediately I'm like, Reddit, like, I'm not going to make it out of this house. I'm not like, I'm not, I'm going to die here. There's going to be a door that gets closed behind me and no one sees me ever again. And then I immediately like, like I have this spider sense, like gut feeling. And I'm just like, I'm faking a call to my, like my mom's calling me right now. I'm like, oh my gosh, my mom's calling me. (laughs) You did the emergency call? I'm like, oh my gosh, my mom's calling me. She never calls me. This is super important. I'm so sorry. And then I just bailed, dude. I just completely (laughs) bailed. I didn't even, I felt bad because I didn't even say like bye or anything like that. I literally just got in my car and I drove away. What you, you pulled the terrible date move <laughs> in real life. He dipped out. Did you see Joe floored it away in his mint green Prius? <laughs> dude, dude. Yo. I will never get over that. Ever. What do you think? Do you think? <laughs> That was such an accurate Prius sound. <laughs> I'm dying. Uh, what do you think? They I were didn't doing? think it was funny at that point. You, oh my god! I'm glad we I'm laugh sweating. At it. This must be a horror story. <laughs> what do you think they were doing in there? I don't know. I don't know. I think it was just just weird. But I just had this feeling, oh. and I trust I trust my Ooh, gut reaction. I got and a I, <laughs> I just snorted I just <laughs> on live television. <laughs> I took the exit ramp. I was like, dude, I pulled the parachute. I'm like, I'm out of here. Oh bro. my goodness. I, I don't know. I just felt it. I felt it. I can't Ooh. explain it. It was just too many weird things. And I'm like, I'm not going. <laughs> Why am I going? My mom's in- calling. <laughs> my mom's calling. <laughs> <laughs> He's a grown man. Oh my god. Oh. Anyway, guys. Anyway. I have no idea what the hell we were talking about before that. We were talking about common mistakes. (laughs) (laughs) So are we getting back into the common mistakes? Okay. So another another common mistake. Um, expecting referrals to come in without asking for them. Did you ask Um, those people for referrals? (laughs) No, I didn't ask them for anything. I didn't ask them for a glass of water. I wouldn't have drank out of a cup in that house. (laughs) Here, smell this rag. Oh my gosh. (laughs) It wasn't, it wasn't okay. Um, but Hey, I mean, I'll take one out of 3000, you know, like that's pretty, I mean, I might have one or two more, but like that's for a different time. And they're not nearly as scary as that one, but I had a couple funny ones. Um, but yeah, as, uh, expecting referrals without asking for it. Um, I think, um, so the ultimate superpower in solar from a sales uh, perspective, um, is just, is just, Hey, they're just going to come to me, right? They're just going to call me. They're just going to text me. I'm going to, I'm going to get them right. It's like, no, you actually have to earn them. You have to put in an incredible amount of work because the X factor is actually making the customer customer feel that they've had an amazing experience and that you were super attentive. So it's almost akin to like 
um, being a waiter at a restaurant, right? If you give an amazing experience to the, to the patrons, you're going to get a big tip and you're exactly right. The problem with solar that you alluded to before is that the sales cycle could be like two, three months, depending on your market. And it's like, you now have to foster that relationship over two to three months. It's not, it's not an hour. It's not two hours. It's a long time. So constantly being there, right? Showing up at the site survey, getting back to them immediately, just checking in regularly, um, doing all these things, and then actually earning the position to ask them, hey, do you have anyone that could also benefit um, by going solar? Any friends, family, anyone, any neighbors, et cetera? Is there, you know, exactly. So you just go down that road and then it's just, it's constant. It's that constant fostering that relationship. And you never know because, because, Three, three out of four people are probably never going to give you any referrals because that's just the nature of it. Sure. But that one out of four, that one out of five is going to give you five referrals. Yeah. And it's like, yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. You never know who it is, but you just have to go all in all the time on just building that relationship. And if you don't, you missed a huge opportunity. The value of, of helping one person go solar, yeah. one referral yeah. is humongous. And I would say... Uh, Lead gen referrals are a little bit different. Um, I like to, when I was knocking every day for solar, <clears throat> I would always start the day off knocking houses that I knew had no chance to qualify because most people probably wouldn't knock that door anyway, obviously. And then people that already had solar, people that wouldn't qualify. Whoa. We're done. beeping. We're beeping. I think that's the timer. Uh oh. Um, uh, yeah. is, is it over? Or do we have more time, Dom? Just, just finish it. I'm going to finish my thoughts. Right, wrap right. it up and then also touch on your referral pipeline uh, advice and training that I you dig. actually give. I did. Cool. So yeah, I'll wrap it up with this. Um, I always knock doors that had solar first and couldn't qualify for solar because number one, they couldn't tell me no. Mm-hmm. So I would already get good conversations out of the way. But a lot of the times they knew people in the neighborhood and then it's simple. If they had solar, hey, how's the experience? How long you had it? Are you liking it? Perfect. Anybody in the neighborhood or on the street that you could point me to that you think you could benefit from just getting some information. Um, and then people that didn't qualify, same thing. You know, I'll also ask them if there's a lot of people that come through the neighborhood knocking on doors. I'll do research before, have good conversations. They can't tell me no, I'm feeling good. Um, and then you got to ask every time you sign somebody up. Right. If you have a good, if you have a good relationship, build them, you sign them up for an appointment. Hey, do you know anybody on the street, anybody in the neighborhood, any friends, family that could benefit from the same information that you're about to get? Simple. So good. It's like one lead can turn into three real quick. And if you do three a day, you're on a good pace. Money, money. Yep. Um, I'd go through my actual referral process, but it's on the AOK training. Oh, so I would say so go, you're saying like watch go it. check it uh, out okay. um, and then count your money afterwards um, in six months from now. And then um, I just want to jump right into the last one because we actually uh, tied it in a little bit and you and Dom actually alluded to it. One of the, the biggest common mistakes is not asking for help. You actually both said it. And it's so true because we have this pride. We have this ego. It's like, dude kick it to the curb, right? Like I would have top reps at the previous company that I worked at, like, like taking me out to lunch and being like, dude, like there's this one thing that I have to work on and think I'm losing people. I'm like, dude, you're the number one 
sales guy at the company, you're asking me about like pitching a loan or explaining the SREX or et cetera, et cetera. And I'm like, wow. So that's the, when we talk about the saw, right? That's the S it's the student mentality, always learning, always improving. Don't rest on your laurels. There's always, there's always more to learn. Um, and I believe that is a wrap. So until next time, Keep on knocking. See you on the next one. Later. Let's go.